No Ketchup Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick on the line. Yes, sir. The, the last dance of the last dance was last night. What an ending. What a documentary. Without question for me, the best sports documentary of all time. OJ's, what, the Coming to America or whatever. What's it called? Uh, OJ Made in America. OJ Made in America is right there, but I don't even put that as a sports documentary. Would, that was like that was a life. That was a that was like a Life and Times type situation. I was gonna say there wasn't enough sports for it to be the best sports documentary of all time. It was a lot of politics in there too. Yeah. Um, but I I would for me that's the best sports documentary of all time from the soundtrack to the content, and I think um. It was different because we're Chicago guys and they're talking about our team. It's not like I'm a Nuggets fan and I'm watching this because I'm because there's people all over the country watching it, right? All yeah. Hoots fans are watching it and they enjoyed it and had a good time, but they not they're not talking about their team. This is our squad. So for me, it's the best sports doc ever. I'm biased, fine, who cares? It was really, really well done. They highlighted all the big legendary folklore moments very, very well. Um, how'd you feel about the finale? Uh, let's give our or how did you feel about the overall documentary? We'll go back and forth a little bit there, and then we'll start. Uh, we'll start with Reggie Miller getting buried. Yeah, so overall, I thought the documentary was great. Um, you know, from the footage, I think, again, some of the footage in episode 10, I thought was awesome after they won. Um, and just in general, over the last 10 episodes, they got some great footage. I like how they tied it in. I like how they told his story as far as, like, you know, the early years and then mixed it up with the current years and kind of tied it all together. Um, the access was crazy. Obviously, like, bringing back up those feelings, you know, kind of like you just talked about, like, a lot of those games even though we were really young, like we remember them happening. You know what I mean? So I think for not even just Bulls fans, for anybody who was like a big fan of Jordan during that time, right? Not like casual or anything like that. Like if you were a big fan, like the nostalgia and all that was was like on 10. Um, I thought the director did a great job, man. I mean, obviously I know some people were like, oh, you know, Jordan has full control of the documentary. So there's only so much he's going to let in. And it's like, well, what were you coming for? You know what I mean? If you're looking for spicy details of his personal life and, issues with his wife and him to start talking about that. Like, it's not going to happen, man. It was a basketball documentary at the end of the day. They delve into some life stuff, but it was only because it was related to basketball. The shit with his dad was related to basketball. The gambling shit was related to basketball. I think he purposely left some of that family shit off because it didn't have to do with the story. So I thought they did a great job. I thought it was fair. Um, I thought they tried to be as fair as they could. I even think with Kraus, you know, it was hard to make a documentary and not have Kraus look bad. And I think the director did a good job of making him, of giving him the credit for his accomplishments as a general manager and even tying it with Scotty at the end, um, saying what he said, man. Yeah, I think it was great. You know, greatest documentary ever. I, I don't know. You know, I'd have to like think about that. But greatest ever, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as like what I enjoy, I haven't enjoyed, I'll put it this way, I haven't enjoyed a documentary more. 
Well, then what else are you watching documentaries for? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, without a doubt. Have you ever, I I don't, what other documentary could I watch for 10 hours? I don't know what. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even put this in the documentary, in the documentary category. It's in this this new docuseries, right? Yeah, it's in this new, so the only thing you can really compare it to is like OJ. You know what I mean? Like, I can't compare it to like Hoop Dreams or like When We Were Kings or something like that, but. Um, it's Hoop his own. It's phenomenal. Hoop Dreams is like for me. Hoop Dreams is, is like the best sports documentary. Ever. But it's like it was almost like Hoop Dreams, but on the NBA level. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not knocking it you at all. Me? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how I felt about yeah. it. Hoop Dreams is by far one of the best basketball docs ever made. Right. Ever. Shout out to was, William Gates. Yes, but this was Hoop Dreams in the league. absolutely hey man and i I loved how they got into his psyche and the coolest thing for me was and like you know this like you look at all these people like magic and isaiah and charles barkley like they are extremely accessible you know what i mean like if you were to tell me tomorrow like hey let's say we were in a quarantine you were like hey i was out at starbucks yesterday and i ended up seeing magic johnson and we sat down and talked for 10 minutes i wouldn't be surprised you know what i mean i'd be like that's cool as shit you know what i'm saying like that's dope but I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, that's so out of the ordinary. If you told me you were walking down the street and Michael Jordan happened to walk down the same side of the street as you, and you didn't even say a word, but you just were within two feet of him, I'd be like, that is insane. I cannot believe you saw him. I can't believe he was out in the field like that. So to get 10 hours of unaccessed of, of, of Jordan unfiltered like that, like I, I told my girl when it was over, I was like, we'll never hear from him again. Ever. I don't think he has any reason to ever talk ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's actually an interesting point. Like, I don't have anything else to say. Like, let me, this was, well, because, I mean, because essentially, like you said, he he wasn't out. He was reclusive. He was, he was very reclusive, and, you know, he was going to camps and doing stuff with Jordan and, and, and that type of thing, but yeah. you very rarely yeah. heard from him. You, He's not Jerry Jones. How about that? Yeah, exactly. He's not a man. Of, he's not Charles Barkley. He's not out holding court with fans and having dinner with people. And, you know, oh, I saw Barkley. He's not Jerry Rice crashing. But like, even, like that. but like <laughs> even the, the other NBA owners, like you hear from Cuban, you hear from Ballmer, you hear you don't you hear from Jerry Jones just in like the, on, the, on the NFL side. You don't hear from this guy at all. He doesn't say anything ever you know for, the last 20, for the last 22 years. He gives very rarely gives an interview and it's usually with the purpose. You know what I mean? Um, but there's, there's, he's not accessible. Like a lot of these guys, that's the cool thing about the NBA. The stars have always been accessible. And again, like you could literally like Charles Barkley is when he's in Chicago, you know where he's at, right? Like everybody knows he's out and about, he goes to the same certain spots. Like if you really wanted to come see Charles Barkley, you knew he was in town. You could go do that. Michael Jordan lived here. I have never seen him outside <laughs> of the arena. That's, never yeah, seen him. Never seen him. And I've seen so many people. Never seen this guy before. Not when I was a kid. Not when I was anything. One day, I remember I was driving down the street. My dad saw Rod Harper just walking down the street. Like, you see these people. You do not see him, man. He's a whole... Steve Kerr said it best. Michael was was on a different level. He lived a different life than everybody else. He was... And you really saw it in that 98 shit. Like, the 98 footage, to me, the shit that really stood out is is that he was kind of on this different, this different level. You know what I mean? And that's, I think when you start comparing him to some of these other guys and like these Braun and all that. And again, I hate this shit, but like the larger than life persona can't be like downplayed. Like my man's really like, someone said it on an interview yesterday, said he tilted a room when he walked in, you know, like all, everything just kind of went that way. And like, that's, that's a, that's a rare trait. Yeah. You saw it all. Absolutely. And that was the thing about the, the footage you got. It was, it was that. And I think 
Uh, an interesting point. How you just said, Steve, kind of while he Jordan moved in his own his own way, his own speed with his own people, whatever. Even to the point where they win the he hits the last shot in Utah. They celebrate in the locker room. They show that he gets on the bus. They get back to the hotel. All these Bulls fans are there waiting for him to congratulate them. Mike goes up. And he goes into his room, and I thought this was interesting, and I wanted to bring it up now. I was going to bring it up later. but You mean he made his room outfitted with a grand piano? I Bro. thought he was bullshitting, first of all. <laughs> oh, you're talking about when he walks in the shoot-around and goes, yeah, I woke yeah. up, stretched, had a couple had a, beers. He played the piano. Like, oh, the, the lobby's piano. like, no, I have it in my room. And then he went out there, <laughs> and he actually had a hotel. He had a piano in his room. And that what? was game one where he said that. He's, game six, he still had it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah same room. So – I think the thing for that's interesting and gives you another glance into how he moved differently and like Steve said, he was living a different life was I don't know about you, but I thought it was interesting that when they get back to the hotel, everybody's partying, they get on the elevator and they get off and they're like, Is this a smoking floor? And then it's like, Oh, it is now and Mike walks off with the with the stove, you know what I'm saying? When he goes to his room He's like partying, enjoying the, and he even talks about enjoying the moment. Like this is a Zen thing, man. Enjoy the moment, blah blah blah. He's by himself. I don't. There's no other teammates there. No, no teammates there. Just his circle. So like, it's it's him, his homies, and like some photographers, right? Yeah. Like, there were so many parts of the '98 footage, like you mentioned, where he was by himself. He was never like he wasn't even with the squad all the time you know what i'm saying like it was almost like he was too big for the squad at some moments and that was how i felt at the end when they won the title and he was wasn't he wasn't with his teammates the whole, like the whole night you're, you're supposed and at least how i think about winning the championship is the whole team is partying all night right yeah mike is back in his room still in his jersey in his repeat the three-peat shirt smoking a cigar in his room and there's no other teammates with him no pip no rod no Phil, like, I, I, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I thought circle. that was interesting. Yeah, I think he had his circle, obviously, and, like, they talk about that. He, he kind of trusted who he trusted. I think also at that point in time, like, what, he was 35, Robin was, like, 36, Pip was, like, 33. Those dudes that are probably already had their own their own situations and who they were going to kick it with that night. And, you know what I mean? He's probably celebrated five other championships with Pip. Who knows? But, like, yeah, I think that was a great example of how he's, yeah, like you said, he's separated. He's on his own thing. I thought it was cool. You kind of saw when he walked around, I think it was after the, was it the game two win or whatever it was, where he's walking through the locker room, dapping everybody up. And like some of these dudes is literally like, he's talking to them for the first time. He's like, hey, great job, uh, Judd. Yo, <laughs> like, yo, dude, 100%. Yeah. I, I actually thought that was really, really interesting. He comes into the locker room and daps some of these guys up. And it was, it's it, it almost was like, yeah, like you said, like this, this is, wow, that's the first like, time that. Like he knows my name? First crazy. time like Mike's even talked to me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point. So I thought the doc was amazing. I thought from front to back it was uh very, very, very well done. Um pe- a lot of people were complaining about the jump around they couldn't follow. Like I saw that. I like every literally every time it goes to a different time period it tells you what year it's in. So if you yeah. can't follow and he looks different and there's the thousand different reasons that you could tell where you are but okay yeah i think i read that too but yeah i I feel you because it it was it was literally say 1998 and then 
it well, was you know, slow motion, make a sound and go back to ninety one or whatever people, it was, right? People are people are dumb. You know, I mean Yeah, people and, are dumb. And <laughs> I, I and just to just to, you know, see both sides, it's a lot easier for us because we know the the, the timeline like the back of our hand anyway. So I, when when you jump from like but but hey, I I look like like this episode when they jumped from like the '98 championship to like from '97 back to '98. Like if you you would get you can get because they played Utah '97 and '98. You get a little confused on who they were playing before they got to Utah, what year it was. I get it, but yeah, I mean, if you're paying attention and locked in like you should have been on the couch, then you would you would know what was going on. Yeah, hundred percent. Again, that you weren't paying attention. You were on your phone and you looked down when it went down to the timeline and then it came back up and you didn't know right. where you were. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 that's nobody's fault but your own. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, Wait, hold on, yeah. I got a question for you. Yeah. So th- this this it's been sticking out to me the entire documentary, but it hit me real hard last night's episode. No, I didn't realize the amount of access Ahmad Rashad literally had. Like Ahmad Rashad is, is that like every everywhere? Remember he's talking like Ahmad, you can't talk to Scott Burrell. As soon as he hits the shot, who's the first person to hug him when he's running off the floor? It's Ahmad yeah. Rashad. Ahmad driving down forty one with Mike. Ahmad Dude, in the that, locker room kicking it. <laughs> he, uh, Ahmad was Mike's guy. Yeah. Like his person, when, when he wants to give the gambling interview, it's like Ahmad. Like, like Ahmad, no, it Ahmad wasn't, was in the mix. Ma, Ahmad was his guy. He wasn't a media member. He just happened to work for the media. Like, I'm sure there's so much. to work for the network that was covering the Right. Finals. Right. Exactly. There, I'm, there, I'm sure there was so much stuff that NBC was trying to get from Ahmad about Mike and Mike was, and Ahmad was, was like, no. No, nah, it's my guy. I'm not. T- yeah, no. Nah. I'll get you a little exclusive here and there, but no, right. I'm not yeah, that. Chill. Chill, I wonder chill, if there chill. was a lot of like resentment from his colleagues, though, because it's it's clear that like he was in the circle. You know what I mean? Like again, he hugged him after he hit the shot. Like yeah, yeah. Because and I wonder if it's like, hey, you know, journalism. You're not supposed to mix. Per- that's that's what I'm right. saying. Like he's clearly right. friends and was happy for him and was a fan. You right. know what I mean, so hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, top to top to bottom, it was very very well done. The uh, and before we get to the Pacers and, and you know the finale episode, uh, episode what nine nine, nine. and then ten, yeah. yeah. So I thought it was interesting, and just recapping it after after it closed, and I was I was pretty emotional on the couch. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like at the like, end, it finished. It was very, it, they, they closed it very well. But I was just thinking right after it ended, so many different things just for, for the whole legendary career of Michael Jordan, so many things came into place perfectly that it was, it, it almost looks like it's a fiction story. You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like everything just fell into place so perfectly. Like, you could even go all the way back to, you know, getting cut in high school, coming back four inch, five inches taller, then going to Carolina, busting everybody's ass. Um, the whole idea of him breaking his foot, coming back on the minutes restriction, and then, uh, you know, Paxson, they eke into the playoffs. If they don't eke into the playoffs, we don't get that 63-point game at that legendary, the, the still the record scoring point playoff game at the Boston Garden against the Celtics. We don't get that game, right? It's just like all that stuff just falls into place. With And then Krause being the guy that he was, going to get Pippen Horse, like everything just fell perfectly into place and, 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 and rolled through. It was just, just an and, amazing story and amazing the way it panned out. 
And I think one of the big things, and I, I don't mean that some people could take this as an anti-Jordan take, but it's not to me. It's just the way, you know, the way it rolls out. Um, he came at the perfect time as far as, you know, when he was hitting his peak, that was the end of bird magic. Right. So he, didn't he, didn't, to- he didn't have to, he got, he had to run through the piss, the bad boy pistons, but that was the end of them. And he missed that bird magic blood fest in the eighties, you know, seventies and eighties. Um, so yeah, the timing was perfect, man. And it was great for the league too, because the league was probably going to suffer without bird magic. And if, you know, like David Stern even said it like, Hey, we were in, you know, a hundred something countries before now we're in 400 or whatever it is. So, you know, obviously yeah. that's the Michael Jordan impact. It was perfect time for the league. They got their marketable star. It was great yep. for the Bulls. Obviously, it was a down franchise. I, I got emotional, obviously, with the end of the documentary, the whole Jordan thing. I also got emotional, you know, seeing my team be great because it's not something that, you know, where we're at right now. And I, it's, it, it could be a lot worse. I think as Bulls fans, we probably make it sound a lot worse than it is. We no, have it's it. pretty bad. Yeah, No, it's bad, but I'm saying we have had. There's, there's like, you could be the magic. You know what I mean? You could be some. You could be the, the the Hornets. You could be a team like that who literally just every year never hasn't been in the playoffs in twenty five years. Um, yeah, it's bad, but it just it's, it was also like, bam, they were. This is a storied franchise. Like when we talk about those storied franchises, the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know what I'm saying, the Red Sox. Like, dude, the Bulls are that in the NBA. I mean, there's six championships there. How many franchises have six championships? Right. I don't care if they all came in. It only came in eight years, and outside of that, we've been shitty. Um, we still have six championships. We're still a storied franchise. Like that red and black means something. That logo means something. Those shots of the United Center when they showed at the end and what it looks like now. You know what I mean? Like the, the Kia signs and shit. That gave me chills. And it's just like, damn, like it would be great to have a great basketball team again and one that you can kind of like grow up with. And yeah, I mean, like there was just a lot of nostalgia, man. Plus, yeah. like I said, I don't think you'll ever hear from this man again. Like I just, I really, I, I don't, I don't, that, but yeah. I don't see any reason. Like for someone who doesn't talk much, this was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna give it to y'all. And if you're him, you're like, I don't need to give y'all motherfuckers anything else. I'm good. I wonder if anybody's even asked him for an interview. Like even knowing everyone's, he's not gonna take it. Like zero <laughs> chance. <laughs> Maybe if like Oprah called or something, he might take it. But that's like, it. what do you do? You want to talk about the last dance? Like, what? No. What, what more do you want me to tell y'all, motherfucker? Like, yeah, I yeah, told yeah. y'all everything, man. Like, like, no, I got, I got thirty six to play today. I'm good. Yeah, but hundred percent, man. And uh, that's why it hurt my heart. And we talked about this earlier, like the way how far the the uh, the organization has come down to where we're we're very happy when we signed uh, Tomas Sadaransky. Like, Set up. Right, like this is not a big deal for me. Like th- th- that's how I see the Bulls, and that's why this whole mediocrity thing that half of the Bulls fans were about that didn't really care about fire and guard packs. But we're moving on. We got a new Eversley, AK, new Prez, new GM. Hopefully, they could get us back to there because you see what the city's like when uh, the Bulls are rocking. But yeah, can you imagine that that uh, that game five? Atmosphere inside the UC when they thought it was you know they were going to close them out. Well, yeah, I mean, and you can, and even Jordan, even Jordan was a little overconfident. Yeah, yeah he was very overconfident. I'm gonna get you a ring, Tex. Yeah, like, yeah. He said, he said, uh, yeah, he said, I'm you, slide a ring on your finger, Tex. Slide a ring on your finger, Tex. That's all you got to worry about. Um, but last couple comments on just like the trajectory and how everything fell into place. I agree with you 100. percent He he banged. It was almost. It was almost so perfect that he banged with 
Bird and Magic and those guys just enough to get what he needed, like the yeah. to get that pedigree, yeah. that experience. And then when they were on their way out, he's like, okay, it's time for me to take over. Um, you mentioned the part with the NBA and coming in at the perfect time and shooting the NBA into another atmosphere. Uh, Nike coming along and being willing to put different shoes on, like the, the even the whole Nike situation being in the perfect time slot. Like that, that was a it was light years away. I t- I tweeted this picture um of Jordan wearing some Jordan fives next to Larry Bird's Converse, and they're both sitting next to each other on the bench, and the shoes look like Bird's wearing some shoes from 1950, and Jordan is wearing some like present day shoes. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the Nike deal coming and and that launching his brand into another atmosphere, the the Barcelona Olympics. It was like everything. It was like everything that he needed to 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 do what he did fell into place perfectly across the board every time. And, and the most important thing is he executed and delivered. And he executed and delivered and capitalized on every opportunity he had. It was it's just a mind-boggling story across the board and I think people also then like then people also forget like they think that he he left the Bulls and came back to the Wizards like the next year. Like, bro, he took three years off and came back to the Wizards. So, like, it's just a crazy story, everything about it. Um, But let's talk about the hype going into the finale. I was really uh, – this was uh, this was probably the most excited I was going into the Sunday night outside of just the premiere of it because I was so excited to see – Reggie Miller, the Pacers, Carl Malone, and the Utah Jazz get buried. <clears throat> if if throughout the whole stretch, like the Knicks, you got love for the Knicks. If you're a Hoops fan, like, yeah, you hated those guys. Listen, hear me out. You hated those guys, right? But you could you had some love for Starks and Hewing. Well, we talked about this. I, was, I love the Knicks. Right. So, like, this is what I'm saying, right? So, you had some love for the Knicks. Um you probably didn't have any love for the bad boy Pistons, right? But, like, you had love for – I was too little. Right. You had love for Magic back then when they won his first one. Like, the Trailblazers weren't shit. Who cares, right? So, Barkley, you had love for those guys. Sean Kemp, you have love for those guys. I didn't have any love for the for Reggie Miller, the Pacers, and I had no love for the, for the Utah Jazz, John Stockton, none of those guys, right? So, I was excited to see them come in and get buried. Um. You feel what I'm saying on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, even to this day, Reggie Miller's face bothers me. Like, Reggie Miller is one of those people that, like, to this day, when I was watching it last night, um, when he's talking, the, I thought the Black Jesus story was great. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, Black Jesus. But, um, like, his face, everything about Reggie Miller just bothers me. Like, he's, such, an a, he's, such, a, he's such an unlikable person. Like, the way he talks, everything about him really just bothers me. But I, I'll say this, and I know we'll probably get into it. Killer. When he got hot, killer. <laughs> Reggie Miller. Look at his career stats. His career stats aren't great. Like he's a career twenty point scorer, and he never really had like a huge scoring year. He just had the ability when it mattered to turn on the the cooker. He had the he awesome. was clutch, very clutch. He was clutch. Reggie was yeah. Reggie was very very clutch. And he wasn't Reggie scared, could, and he wasn't scared. Reggie could fire it, no doubt. Um, but I was excited about just seeing those guys get buried. I hated everybody on that team. A bar none. Um, people forget this, and I, I don't even know. People don't remember this for whatever reason. And I remember it very, very vividly. 
they burned down. When I say they, I don't think they ever caught who it was. But they, the people from Indiana, or when he was living in Indiana and playing for the Pacers, they burned down Reggie Miller's house. Reggie Miller's house was was it was arson. They burned his house down. So Pacers fans, I, I well, we don't know who did it, right? But like, can you like that seems so fishy to me? Like that would never happen in Chicago. Your best player, they they and there was like they, there's a. Was it Lisa Left Eye Lopez? What? <laughs> there was, uh, there was Reggie's, a. Reggie was fucking with Left Eye. There was like, could have been signs of like a robbery, and there's conspiracies out there that it was like the KKK that burned his house down. Um, but I remember still. Go you're going to pick a black dude in Indiana's house to burn down if you're the KKK. Why would you pick Reggie Miller? What do you mean? Because he's a prominent, successful. <laughs> Guy in Indiana, what are you talking about? Why would he, 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 he doesn't strike me as the black dude you want to make an example of? Like, oh man, we burnt down Reggie's Reggie's house, right, man. We'll show him. It's a conspiracy theory. You, 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 couldn't, you couldn't burn down Antonio what was it, Antonio Davis, whatever his name is. Yeah, Davis. <laughs> yeah you, you couldn't burn down Jalen. You couldn't hit Jalen's shit. Hey man, it's Indiana. They want to pick the. They want to pick the uh, most prominent guy. But that's a conspiracy theory. But it's true facts that his house was burned down, and there might be a robbery involved and we don't know because we know it was arson and that's it. People forget that they burned down Reggie Miller's house in Indiana. And I don't know if I ever would have played for the Pacers after that, but um, they were a scary squad though. And I think that was also partly why I hated them because, and I know this was, and even Mike said it himself, they had a real chance to give us some trouble. Um, What really made me hate Reggie was obviously the push-off. And I thought it was interesting that he deliberately, in the story from game, uh, that was game four, said that he was going to put the ref in a a tough spot and I'm just going to go through, might get the ball and shoot it. That's what he did. Yeah, so, I I mean, but I didn't think he would admit that. I thought he would just be like, "Ah, I mean, I came off the screen, I gave him – there's no call, and I fired it. And that whole thing on the bum ankle and then going down the end of the court doing spirals and jumping all around, I just hated those guys, so I was excited to see those guys get buried. What was your favorite clip or moment from uh, from that seven-game Eastern Conference Finals series with the Pacers? So they didn't, they didn't touch it, um, but I thought it was funny, and you saw it in the clips, but they didn't really they didn't talk about it, that they all shaved their head for that series. So if you look at that series, all the Pacers shaved their head. So even like Chris Mullen was out there looking goofy. Um, Cross the board. Yeah, it was just cool. To, like, again, man, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a 90s NBA head, so it's cool to see those guys. Like, it's, good, it's cool to see a young Jalen Rose over there. You know what I mean? Shout out. We talk about it all the time. Greatest life ever. Jalen Rose just happens to make an appearance in the last dance doc in the 98 fucking Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, man, it was just cool seeing the battle. Um, I think I have forgotten how competitive that was. And I think – and I'll, I'll talk about it later, so I'm not going to say it right now. But it, it did kind of make me realize a couple other things, too, about kind of where that team was and just kind of how vulnerable they actually could have ended up being. I think we remember them as this juggernaut that just kind of pressed go and ran through everybody. And there was never a chance that Jordan could lose because Jordan had this mythical power to turn an L into a W. And it's like, nah, dog, like they were on the ropes. You know what I mean? They were on the ropes multiple times. They were on the ropes. And, you know, these are the type of teams that you can lose to. And 
that Pacers team was talented. I mean, you're talking about multiple players. You know, you know Mark Jackson, you know Rick Smith, obviously Reggie, Jalen Rose. Um, you know, these are household names. So obviously that was a good team and coached by the legend, Larry Bird. So I was actually looking at some shit. If you look at it, his like career winning percentage as a coach is like 65% or something like it's yeah, something ridiculous. Like, But he had said he's only going to coach two years. So he literally coached or three years. He coached two Eastern Conference Finals teams or something. Coached a team that went to the NBA Finals and then retired. So, I mean. um, My back hurts. Yeah, I'm done. I'm good. But (laughs) So, just to see all that, man. But then, you know, it it was awesome to see them kind of rise against that challenge. I think once that happened, you knew they were going to win the championship because um, I think that was the stiffest competition. But um, it was just dope seeing all that and kind of reliving it, man. I had forgotten about that. You remember a lot of the finals because, again, we were, you know, I guess at that point we were like 12 years old. But um, it was cool seeing all that. I love how they shot it. I love the footage. I love the sideline angles too. Like those NBA those NBA camps where you get it right on the sidelines behind the – like kind of where we were sitting for that Bulls game. Yeah. Like, oh, like, like that. I love that. I've always loved those shots. I think those are the best NBA uh, shots you can get. It's that like sideline where you're almost looking up. Yep. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And yep, some I love those shots. Some of the footage was so good that no the um, the the footage was so good that I easily could have watched the doc on mute, no subtitles, and just watched a bunch of clips go through the whole way and been good. Yeah, no, for sure, I definitely yeah. You could have just watched just watched the clips, just watched the basketball. Of it. I'd like to see just the unedited, just like clips and footage and all that, and just kind of have that run. My favorite part of so they win game seven. And I thought it was interesting. I, I I know you said you didn't I remember the the game seven and how competitive it was just because I hated those guys so much. So like I was that that series is still very vivid to me. I didn't realize that moment that Reggie described and how vital it was when they lost the tip and Steve Kerr hit the three. For them to tie it, and then they never, they never could recover after that. That Couldn't was game, recover from that. Yeah. That was game six, I believe, um, or game five, I believe. Um, they could never recover from that. So I thought that was interesting. Um, also, the 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 footage of the Bulls being up 2-0, Reggie talking to the media, coming out, and then dapping up Mike, like, "Yo, tell the fam I say hello." Like, I, I know I've said this multiple times, but. For how much of a killer Mike was, his sportsmanship was always a ten, bro. He always showed respect, and you see it later on with the, in the with the Jazz series and dapping up Carl Malone and Stockton, and it was a lot of Mike, there. a lot of Mike dapping up folks these last two episodes. They really were, they did show that a lot. The Reggie yeah. shit, the Carl Malone coming on the bus, which I'm not I'm not coming on the bus, but whatever. Um, I thought that was we'll talk about it. But I thought that was that was wild. Um, oh, too much. I'm not coming on the bus. We just lost second straight finals. I'm going to the crib, bro. Carl Malone, we know, we know how he's built. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was dope. Yeah, the whole yeah, like, to, to say what's up to the fam, man. You good? Reggie yeah, wanted right. no part. Reggie, Reggie did not want to talk to his ass though. It was like because he saw what it was. It was like, hey, Jordan was going to do his media or whatever. Well, Reggie Jordan, had just finished his media. Yeah, and yeah, Michael yeah, so was they happened, they happened to cross. Like right. Mike Reggie didn't want to talk to that man. Absolutely not. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you knew it was gonna be a battle, and Reggie's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that uh, 
I thought that was really cool. Then, of course, maybe top three moment in the dock is um, they win game seven. Mike is in the tunnel, and uh, he's visited by his boy Larry Bird. Mike, first thing out of Mike's mouth is, enjoy yourself, dog. Like, enjoy the offseason, bro. Take care. <laughs> enjoy yourself, dog. And then Larry comes up to, to give him some dat. And Mike Mike then says, you bitch, fuck you. You bitch, and, fuck and, you. <laughs> and Larry starts laughing. They laugh. And um, he walks off and says, yo, work on your golf game. We'll link up soon. Whatever. I'll see you. And that was great. Just the whole interaction. And there were certain parts in the doc where – because throughout the whole doc, right, you're in awe of this guy, Michael Jordan. He doesn't seem like a regular guy. And then there's certain parts of the doc, and this was one for me, where it's two legends, but they, they it's such like a human, regular like thing. You and your boys saying, what up? Like, yo, enjoy the offseason, bro. Like, I'll see your bitch ass later. Right. We'll play some golf. It was just such like a genuine moment of just two hoopers, two hoop guys talking about hoops and one one that day got the best of them and he's like i see your bitch ass later but but the gym is not some random la fitness it's it's michael jordan larry bird and they're walking out of the they're in the balls of the united center you know what i'm saying i thought that was a really dope moment yeah no i thought that was really cool too um and obviously that respect is there and they know each other like yeah exactly. I mean, obviously he, he had some they, he had some levels of relationships with people. I don't think the show got into that that deep, but I know he talked to Magic. Um, you know, obviously, I think he respected Larry and those guys. So he had relationships with those guys. Like, for sure, I know he talked to Magic because he, he wanted to be like Magic, the whole life after basketball situation and the whole business thing. Um, so definitely he had those relationships. They just didn't get into it. But, yeah, it was cool to see that, man. Because, yeah, like you said, it's like Larry Bird and Michael – Jordan dapping up just like you would dap up with someone you know. You know exactly. They all do the same, man. They do, right. Everybody does the same thing. Right. Yeah. And, but it's like the whole doc is he's this just massive figure. And then there were those moments for me where it was like, man, this guy's a regular black dude, Hooper. Regular That's dude. That's homies. He says what's up to black him. Black Jesus. Right. Black Jesus. And then they just hop in the whip and – when I when I hoop my I hop in the whip as a Toyota, he just he's hopping into a nine eleven turbo. Like it's yeah. just there's different levels, obviously, different but it's still the, it's still the same activity. I thought that Absolutely. was dope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um so they beat up Indiana. They then uh they then well, I mean we're jumping we're jumping around from ninety seven, ninety eight, but they beat they beat Utah in ninety seven, then they come back and beat him in ninety eight. Did you what were your what were your overall feelings on the Utah Jazz? We could talk about both years here. What was your overall feeling on Carl Malone, Stockton, Jerry Sloan? Um, did you want to beat those guys like you we wanted to beat the Knicks or the Pacers or the Pistons? Did you have a hatred yeah. or yeah, what were your feelings like, for the Jazz? I, I, I never like I hate Carl Malone. Absolutely always have hated Carl Malone. I hate him as a basketball player, I hate him as a person. Um, I've just, I've never been a fan of Carl Malone at all. Hey, don't so, forget, don't forget Carl Malone impregnated a 14 year old girl. Pe- Carl Malone's got a whole, he's got a whole yo, bunch of shit. He's got on. a he's whole got, rap sheet. 
Yeah, it's that situation. He's got a couple kids he's never seen. Like, I, I'm not here to. Yeah. Report. I don't know the situation surrounding Carmelo. No, fuck like, that. So fuck Carmelo. That, but, but yeah. Either way, uh, never liked him, man. I just thought he was a crybaby bitch. To be honest with you, I always respected Stockton just because I thought he was scrappy as fuck. And uh, even though like I hated playing against him, and I know he's a dirty ass player, I just I love scrappy dudes who look like they shouldn't be good, but will bust your ass. And I feel like that's Stockton. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never liked Horn Hornacek. I never liked Ostertag. I never liked Olden Polynes. I didn't like <laughs> Brian. I didn't like Brian Russell. Um, I didn't like any of those guys. So yeah, I, I I I wanted to beat the Utah Jazz. I respected them. I respected the program. Um, to me, it's kind of like Spursy in the sense that like we do this thing. We will pick and roll you to death, but we're going to give you 110 off this pick and roll, and you just can't stop it. And it's a system, and that, that's just the way we're going to play. We're going to play discipline, and we kind of plug guys in. Yeah. Um, so I always respect that because I think that as a coach, when you get to that level where you can just start plugging guys in the system and it still works, like that's that's true coaching. So I think Sloan was able to do that. Shout out Darren Williams for running about the league, though. Um, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, Darren Williams ran, ran, him out the, ran him out the show. Yo, um, speaking of, before I forget real quick, um, you mentioned screen and roll, screen and roll in the death, 110 points. How crazy is it to look at all these final scores, like 85, 80? Yeah, it's crazy. 87, 82. 54 points in a final game. They scored final 54 game. points in a finals game. Yeah. Like, but the, the, the scoring, the game was so much slower and in the half court. Yeah. It was, uh, it was such a different game. It was crazy to see some of these finals, like 87, 80. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like. You just well, never see that now. I think the last time we saw that was at Detroit and um, – was it who Detroit? Why am I forgetting who Detroit the, beat in the finals? That the year? Lakers. The Lakers, right? Yeah. Remember, they had some games that were like 79-68. You know what I mean? Yeah, super um, slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. So super slow motion. But, no, um, the Jazz program, like, yeah, I, I was happy to beat those guys. Um, I, I, I do think that, you know – if it wasn't for the Bulls, obviously though that 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 team probably would have. I mean, they would have been them and the Pacers, and that would have been a great matchup. So yeah, it was great to beat them. But I hate Carl Malone to this day. Fuck the mailman. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, them not talking? Uh, I I was praying with all my might that I would hear from Brian Russell. Yeah, no, nah, he's 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 good. I mean, he, Jordan Jordan gives it to him every time he can. Even the Hall of Fame speech, remember, he held that same story. <laughs> yes. Watch the Hall of Fame speech. He tells the story. John Stockton's in attendance. He's like, remember that, John? Like, that's our favorite part of the Hall of Fame speech. He goes, he goes remember, remember that, John? And John Stockton's like, this fucking guy. <laughs> so like, um, you, wait, yeah. so. Well, we heard from Stockton. You know how you talked about uh, – well, we yeah, we heard from Stockton, and before we hopped on, we talked about like, yo, why I was Malone, hoping we Malone see Brian Russell. Though, right? Malone, Malone was not turn, in it. Malone, he turned it down. He, that's a turn down. There's no Malone, way he wasn't gonna come. Yeah, Malone's like, I, I don't want to talk about that. But you couldn't get Hornacek though. Hornacek is still in, but like, maybe Hornacek didn't want to do it either. I mean, they didn't have Jerry Sloan on there either. Yeah, he's yeah. Jerry Sloan might be like ninety right now, but yeah. But, and he's a Bulls. And he's a Bulls guy too. That's yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I thought that was interesting. Um, you want to talk about Carl Malone and Stockton and those guys, and and they hear about the Bulls and Michael Jordan. Brian Russell's name is like the first thing you think of is Michael Jordan. He has to get that 
every single day. If people, if, yeah. if someone was to recognize him, that's the first thing they would say to him. Like, oh, you got crossed up by Jordan. That guy, he pushed me like, oh, dude, it's got to be crazy. I, I couldn't, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine what Brian Russell's doing right now. So yeah, I mean, I hated the Utah Jazz. I hated their jerseys. Everything about them, I didn't like. I didn't like Utah. Like, they could keep all that. All that, yeah. Just boring, boring, boring looking team and boring looking situation. But again, I respected the hell out of them. Um, but yeah, never. I never liked Carl Malone. Always rubbed me the wrong way. You know, certain people like. You can't always put your finger on it, but that person, everything they do just rubs you the wrong way. That's Carl Malone for me. I hated his ass. Yeah, I mean, he, I just said he had sex with a 14-year-old. Yeah. So like, that's, that's, all, that's all you need that's to all, know. That's all you need to know. So the uh, – now let's get into – before we get into the celebration, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, Utah. Was, Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. All right, so and I don't know why they did it because they want to make it more relevant for the younger generation. Did we go too deep in Steve Kerr? Um, was that probably, a lot? For, was that a lot for the eighth man? Probably. Um, <laughs> but Steve Kerr like, Kukoc didn't even get that kind of. Love. I mean, Kukoc yeah. got his little his little mini episode. Kukoc was way more important. Yeah. yeah, no, hundred percent. They 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 went really really deep on uh, Steve Kerr. I think they were trying to run the parallels with his pops, so they had to kind of deep dive into you know his pops being killed as well. Um, I think they want to tie it in for the younger generation too. Be like, yeah, Steve would, Kerr. I would say this: if Steve Kerr didn't win these championships with the Warriors and wasn't still such a big time prominent NBA guy right now today. He wouldn't have got that that bigger portion of the doc. Yeah, he he was on some of the posters, and even he, he said he's like, I have no idea why I'm on the posters. Oh, like when they were promoing it. Yeah, it was. It would be like Rodman, Pippen, Jordan, Kerr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, he played a big part of the second three, but yeah, I mean, he did his he, job. He did his job. He was very good at his job. You know what I'm saying? Do your job. And um, he he played a lot. He was always on the floor. Those stretch like towards yeah. the final, you know, the final couple minutes. So like, yeah, he was very, very good at his job. He was a prominent piece. But yeah, he probably got a little bit too much. But I think it added a lot to the story. I thought it was a good story. It wasn't like some fluff job. No. Um, it was still it, it, it still fit in the in the story. So. I had heard the story about his dad before. I didn't realize that the, the guy who he replaced had been kidnapped like they right before that too. That shit was crazy. Right, like man. They never really a, told us what happened to Buddy. A very sensitive time to go out there. But yeah, I mean, that was uh it was interesting that but this is even another like point to make about how quote-unquote removed Mike was and, and he was just larger than life is. And it was obviously, like they mentioned, very, very painful. But if you're locked in and super close with your teammates and both of your parents have been murdered, that would be a conversation that you might have and it just did, it just didn't happen with Mike and, and, yeah. and Kirk. So, yeah, man. I, was, don't, I don't – I see, I don't think that that's always a conversation. Yeah, I, I get where they were trying to get at, but, like, I yeah. think you're – I don't think people are necessarily going to be like, oh, your dad was murdered, so was mine. Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, But I see where they're coming from. Like, It's kind of like they had that, they shared that connection, obviously, and they probably both knew about each other. Maybe Mike knew about yeah, it. Yeah, like it was like 
what's known doesn't need to be talked about type of thing. What's known exactly. doesn't need to be said. What's understood doesn't need to be explained. How about uh, so? Let's get into the celebration because then you know, obviously, we know we we, we beat him in '97. We beat him in '98. Um, oh my God, we almost almost we almost glossed over a massive massive portion of the the episode. Shannon fuck- Anderson. No, <laughs> no. Let's talk about. Uh, can we talk about Dennis Rodman? Oh yeah, I my favorite part. One of my favorite parts of this episode was how, how wild is that? So in the middle of the final, here's the greatest part, right? So in the middle of the finals, literally doesn't show up to practice and goes to do an NWO WWF event, right? But. I like how they put it next to, I think it was Acostas or whoever was talking, like his teammates have got to be so disappointed and so mad at him. And then they cut to the bulls of the huddle and Bill is literally cracking jokes about Rodman not being there. Jordan's like, Rod, man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like Rodzilla, he was saying Rodzilla. Rodzilla, yeah, Rodzilla. Rodzilla. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't give a fuck. They didn't yeah, care. Bro. They said, hey, look, is he going to be here game night? Cool. Right. We're cool. We're good. We don't, we don't care, dude. As long as this dude shows up and gives us 48. That's all we care about. That's I, all we I, care love, about. I love how they put that up against there because they're like they're, they're going to be so disappointed. And Ryan and Phil Jackson's like he brought us disgrace. Like <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he goes. He goes. Uh, so Rodman missing practice is that uh, and that that's that's confirmed the unexcused absence, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you know where Rodman is? He's like, no, nah, I haven't heard from him. <laughs> whatever, bro. He's like, whatever, bro. I don't, I don't know where Dennis is. And then they cut to him kicking it with Hulk Hogan. Um, and then he comes back and hits major free throws in the next game. <laughs> Rodman goes, oh, no, man. I was just trying to play in the games, party all the time, fuck all the women. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's not that. Like, if you're trying to it's figure out, you're trying to figure out, like, my mindset. Play That's what it was. <laughs> like, if you you guys think I'm so complicated, I'm really not. Like, that's all I was trying to do. I was trying that's to hoop. It's not yeah. about world peace or anything like that. Like, that's I just want to get it in. I was just trying to turn up. Like, that was it. That was what I was doing. Um, but yeah, like I think that's a good point you made. Where the 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 picture is painted like they have to be furious. And I think honestly, and this goes back to uh, after the game seven of uh, Mike against the Pacers, they win. He walks in the locker room and he's dapping up everybody. He goes up to Dennis. He's like D rod daps him up. And Dennis just doesn't even look happy. Dennis was like over it. He's over it. Yeah. He's just like disinterested. He's like, this is my eighth. Just, no, not eight, my fifth, my fifth. Let me, I'm done. Just like, yeah, like, ugh, whatever, man. Where's the, like, I'm trying to kick it. Like, it's all good. Um, But that's just yeah, so I did, legendary. Yeah, I did notice that too, though. Robin was just trying to get out of there. He like, was yeah. just like, eh, whatever, think, man. Yeah, that time, Robin was like 37 or some shit. He was like, I'm, I'm done. He's like, this is, it's over for me here. Like, this is whatever. I could do whatever. And um, I love the footage of them having to sneak him out of the, the, the back door and his pickup truck waiting outside, and he runs to the pickup truck, hops in, and pulls off. When uh, the, the – They sneak him through the back, and the PR guy's like, yeah, yeah. we got to get him over 300 guys. I love, how the, I love how he gets out, and the media guys all see him. They're trying to run up after him. Yeah, they're trying to run after him. They got the, they got the footage of uh, Rodman running up the back stairs and shit. Yeah, and he's in his pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, 100%, right? So it's great. Celebration goes down. Bulls win their sixth. Is the sequence of Mike being down, what, four points, three points, going to the basket, getting a bucket, Actually, let me take a step back. I almost glanced over something else before I – let me take a step back. Let's talk about the flu game, now the food poisoning game. Are we believing this story? Does that have any are, – are, are, we, are we full-fledged? Are we full it's now the food poisoning thing, and it was like from a late-night pizza. That, that was, that's been reported for a long time, but – um, what's your thoughts on, on that story of five guys showing up and all of a sudden he has food poisoning? They obviously, you, you think they, the pizza was tampered with. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've heard, you've heard flu. Now we've heard food poisoning. I've heard hangover. Um, I don't believe that it was a hangover. I mean, he must have, unless he was just getting it in at like an epic level. Cause you're not playing till seven o'clock the next day. So like that, that I don't know about all that. That must have been a bad hangover. Um, but I know that if five people show up to the crib to deliver a pizza, I'm probably not eating it. And I get it. Like there was nothing else to eat. Um, someone else, someone on his team fucked up because you probably should have figured out that situation. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds about right. Like, I mean, would it be put it this way? Does it sound unbelievable that the that some Utah fans will try to poison Michael Jordan's pizza, knowing that you're going to deliver that pizza to him? No. Yeah, I mean, why, why are five you? dudes? Why are five dudes showing up? My thing is, how do they know? You know, yeah. I mean, if I'm Jordan's people, I'm having that pizza delivered somewhere randomly, and I'm driving it back over there. I'm going to pick it up, or whatever it might be. You're not, at, yeah, you you can't let them know you're getting a pizza to Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? Like, there's no way they should figure that out. Yeah, what, what do you say? Like, what's the name of the pizza? Uh, MJ23. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what did he call? Like, yo, yeah, yeah. You gotta say like Bill or some shit. There's on the caller ID, Jordan Michael. You know what I, I mean? Like for Air Jordan. For Air Jordan. Room uh nine ninety one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like you know what I mean. So, well, the um, trainer said. I believe like, it though. The trainer was like, "Man, some I had a bad, had a bad feeling about the pizza when it got there, but." That's another thing, man. Like, if, if Mike is hungry, what are you going to tell him? He can't eat it? He can't eat? No, of course yeah. not. Right. You feel me? So he's like, all right, like, hopefully this shit is good and, and, and we'll go from there. But the food poisoning thing makes sense. And I'm going to say this. I've had food poisoning once when I was living in New York. I got some Chinese. And, and like it's Mike bad. said. Like Mike said, he ate it at 1030 and then like he woke up by two and he was calling people to come to the room. I ate and like two hours later, I was in shambles, bro, on the ground growing up. I was literally in the bathroom for eight hours. It was that bad. Could you have played 44 minutes of NBA basketball? I couldn't. I I couldn't even go to work. No, I couldn't (laughs) do anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like getting the. The food poisoning, I wouldn't work. I wouldn't wish on my own, my worst enemy. Like getting sick, cool. The food poisoning, you're, you're, it's coming out of both ends. You can't keep anything down. Like hot and cold sweats. Hot and, all and cold that. sweats. You're just hanging out in the bathroom. Like it, it's it, kind of like it's, it is like brutal. a bad hangover, right? Like a brutal, brutal. I've never no, knocked on way worse. Yeah. Okay. Because like hangover, you get up. Say in the morning, you get up, you throw up. 
say it's like a really bad hangover. You get up, you throw up for a little bit. You go get some breakfast, get some water. You could get a little like go sit in the sauna or something, and you feel a lot better. This shit was not, going not, not on some of the vicious ones. I've had the three the three day joints before, but they're not like your system. Yeah, it's like your yeah, head, you know what I mean. There's moments where it's real bad, but it's not overall like yeah. You can eventually get up and move around. If you right, to. right. Yeah. So that's an interesting story. I would love to hear. Uh, I wish some Utah guys would come out and and, and talk about that. Not name any yeah, names. <laughs> <laughs> it would just completely – if you're actually in Utah and you know about that, you shouldn't say anything because it would just add to the folklore of, of the whole situation anyway. Um, let's talk about the celebration. Six – or let's talk about that sequence, actually. Goes down, gets a layup, comes down, gets a steal off Carl Malone, knew exactly what Carl Malone was going to do, using his brain. He knew that – uh they were going to throw it to Carl Malone on the block, Dennis one-on-one. He never rotated over, stayed there weak side, got the steal, then went down, crossed up Byron Russell, knocks down the three, six championships. Is that the best sequence? I mean, ever. Like, it, it, I mean, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the most important for us, right? Um, I mean, I think that people, people, I mean, now they don't, but people have had forgotten about the steal before the shot. Like, everybody knows the shot. But that defensive play, not only are you, do you get the steal, but also, like, let's face it, Malone was a bucket, right? So, like, there's a good chance he backs Rodman down and scores on that. I mean, they were single-teaming him. And, 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 again, this is the guy who was an MVP the year before, right? So um, he stops that from happening. He gets the ball back. And then with no hesitation, brings it down, lets the clock run out, and drills it. So, like, yeah, I mean, like I said, you couldn't – Costa said it best. If this is the last shot we see, you know, like, it couldn't go any better. Like, yeah, I think that that sequence was unbelievable. And then, showing, and then showing on the sidelines where he's like, all right, got to get one more stop. And Stockton had a look. That was a good look. Yeah, it wasn't right? a bad like, one. That yeah. was not a bad look. Like, that that could have gone in. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I think the whole, the man, whole sequence game, was great, man. And like you said – as much as we see them as bulletproof, Game Seven in Utah would have been bad, brutal. I'll go and say this: I, I wouldn't have felt confident about a Game Seven in Utah, staying they over there another, another couple of days and waiting to play them in Game Seven, and that team's hungry. So that that's yeah. I mean, well, that was kind of my thing, my takeaway after watching this documentary and also watching some of these games um, as they're going on. So I've watched some of those Pacers games. I've watched some games from that year. The seventh title is not a foregone conclusion. Not like we thought not it was. Either. I think we remembered it in a different way. You look at some of those games. Like, Pippen couldn't play a game, could barely play a game six. Like, this team was old. They were hobbled. The supporting cast was not that good. Rodman was out the league, you know what I mean? Barely in the league in the next couple of years. Um, obviously, Pippen did he some played cool thirty-five. Things. Rodman played 35 Portland. games after that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Pippen went to Portland, was still good, but whatever. Portland and Houston. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think that they would have just waltzed into title number seven. You had that scrappy ass Indiana team. You had those New York Knicks teams. Like these guys teams were young. They were hungry and they were sick of getting their asses kicked by Michael Jordan. And eventually there's a changing of the guard. So I think, um, you know, again, that seventh, that seventh and eighth title wouldn't have been a foregone conclusion like that. These dudes were up there and you kind of saw that in, uh, in those series. 
Absolutely, yeah. They like you said. I think it would have been a it would have been a struggle for sure. But that's and sequence, we remember that differently. Like, yeah. But sorry. Yeah, to go to go get a layup, go get a steal, then come down and hit a jumper, and everybody know you're going to come down and hit a jumper. It, it's just like, how about him clowning uh, Brian Russell? Like, yeah, he stayed on his toes, played defense on his toes. I knew a head fake crossover, I could get by him. He couldn't so stop. I Yep. <laughs> like wow. it's just simple as that. I love how they show Pippen and Robin. Like, hey, what was your thought? Pippen's like, get the hell out the way. Yeah. And Robin's like, I, I, I'm just gonna go stand there and give me the motherfucking ball. <laughs> like, yeah, Robin. <laughs> yeah, Robin was, Robin was like, man, I thought about not getting up court type yeah, shit. Like, yeah, I just like, back in. I go have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that sequence is and how like what a way to close it for the Bulls. Like, there's just no way it could go any other way. It was ridiculous. Um. How about DiCaprio pulling up to Utah and then getting the at the the locker room Leo. access? Yeah, and, Leo got back there. Yeah. yeah, and then Mike talking about he was watching the Iron Mask before. Iron Mask, yeah. yeah, before before he watched it, it was dope to see that little interaction. I wonder what Leo thought. I would love to hear from Leo on that. that I wonder if he even he probably didn't even remember. He probably remember like, oh, I was at that game and I dapped up Jordan, but when he saw himself, he's probably like, oh shit, I didn't know they had footage of this. Like that's crazy. So, yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that's probably a crazy moment for him to relive too. Yeah, it's it's great. But yeah, man, down three points, you go get a layup, strip the Hall of Famer on the block that you know is going to take the shot. Still down a point, need to shoot a jumper to get six rings. You sit there, it's all net, no problem. No, don't worry about it. We're back in Chicago with the ring. It's it's straight like that. There's just there's just no other way to close it. Um, as a shorty, did you ever get to any of the the rallies? No, I was going to ask you the same question. I never got to a Grand Park. If you know my pops, he's not he's not going. So it's, it's, too, many, it's too many people. <laughs> it's too many people. Too much going on. Like yeah, he's not going for that. So I went to the I went to the one in '98 uh, just because that was the last one. But I never got to go with my pops. Because my pops was uh, always CPD, so he, he worked, always right? so he always worked crazy. Like he would talk about like as much as he loved the Bulls, he hated them because when they would win or like riots. High potential to win, People forget about the riots and shit like that. The, 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 fucking, the city was a mess. Yeah. So my dad CPD, they win the championship. Like the streets are in shambles for the the whole night and the next day. And then you kick in the the uh, the the rallies at Grand Park. It's a complete mess, right? Oh, and every every bar is popping. Everybody right. in the city's drunk. Exactly. So everything is crazy. So he had to deal with all that. So yeah, I only got to one, and you know we never. I never got anywhere close or anything like that. It was always so jammed. Um, do you regret not getting to one? Because man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would have been cool, but at the same time, like, nah, I'm not, I'm not really. I, I think it's, it'd be cool to be like, I would have, yeah, I don't think so, man. I think I'm happy enough to say that I saw Michael Jordan live. Um, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would have been cool to say like, oh, I was at the rally, but to your point, like it wouldn't have been a that great of a memory. Cause I would have been in the way, way, way back. Like, for whatever reason, I was working down there. So I went for the Cubs one, just so I wanted to see it. Yep. You know what I mean? It was like, it was cool, but like, you're also like, yeah, you're way, way, way in the back. And like, it's a lot of waiting around and all that. But 
Yeah, man. I mean, I'm all I'm all about the positivity and everybody having a good time. But it's not like I look back on those and be like, fuck, man. I wish I would have been at one of those Grant Park rallies. Absolutely. This is. Uh, I, have, I have more than enough memories of the Jordan era of shit that I did participate in that I'm happy. All the hats. All like when they put on the championship hats and the championship T-shirts, I had every single one of them. Yeah. Every single. The only piece of memorabilia that always eluded me was the Subway uh, Bulls horns. I could never get them. The Subway? But what are you even talking about? Oh, my God. What? Subway you don't remember Bulls the Subway horns. Bulls horns? Yeah. Yes, bro. Subway for a while was doing a giveaway in the mid-90s where they'd give you these. It was like a red cap with Bulls horns on it. You don't remember the Subway Bulls horns? I'm going to send no, this to you. Yeah, it was, like the hot, it was like the hottest thing in the world, bro. It was like everybody was trying to get the Subway Bulls set horns. Let's see if I can show these. You don't remember this? Hold up. I don't. I have no idea. You're talking about Subway the sandwich spot, right? Subway the sandwich spot. These joints. I don't think you can see. I can't it. see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go, bro. Get you a pair right now. It's not eleven ninety nine. Yeah, no, I might have to grab one of those joints. Give it to me, bro. Shit. Yeah. So um, no, I had all that stuff, man. Jerseys, Rodman jerseys, Pippen jersey, Jordan jersey. I wish that should still fit me. I would love to wear it during all this, but. Yeah, the nostalgia piece, man, was dope. Yeah, man. When it and the closed, overall nineties NBA nostalgia piece for me was just dope about all this. Just I love that shit. Absolutely, bro. So hopefully the Bulls get back and, and and we'll see where it goes now. Before we get out of here, um I was presented with a conspiracy theory that's not really a conspiracy theory, but just a theory in general. That Jerry Krause, it's all the all the breaking up the bulls and all that stuff was Illuminati. <laughs> it was actually spearheaded by Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause is the scapegoat of it. And the end of the doc when Reinsdorf says, you know, at the end, Kerr Harper, Pippen, Rodman, all those guys, their market value was going to be way more than they were worth. And we had to try to get some value from them. Him saying that kind of was confirmation like, yeah, I, I was more behind it than you think I was. What do you think about that? I have never heard Jerry Reinsdorf talk in terms like that. He has always been like when it comes to personnel decisions and stuff like that, known as a behind the scenes guy. Like Krause, so Krause, for him Krause. to have Yeah, for him to Kraus, uh yeah, Kenny. Uh, have, yeah. Those guys handle it. I'm good. Yeah. Um John, you know, whatever. Um to have him say something so pointed about contracts, salary cap, player situation team direction and something that's not necessary. It was in a business sense, but not in like, generally he's a business guy, right? Like the money adding up, my checks coming good. Um, to have him say something like that, it's like he, he said that with conviction. Like that was his stance at the time. That's something that he made clear. And he said, hey, I'm not going to pay a bunch of guys that are over the hump more than they're worth. And I think that that's Scottie Pippen. I think a lot of that is I'm not paying Scottie Pippen $28 million. I'm not giving Scottie Pippen four years, $100 million, whatever it might have been at that time. I'm not doing it because we might get, we maybe get one more championship. And maybe he knew. He's like, I just watched this team this year. Maybe we get one more championship. Maybe we don't. And then I'm saddled with a bunch of bad contracts. The flip side is, well, what the fuck did you do anyways? The next year, you literally had one of the worst records in NBA history. Yeah. Did they win like 16 games the next year or some shit like that? Yeah, so, shout out. What? 
Yeah, shout out Tim Floyd. Um, but yeah, it was I, interesting. I mean, because listen, I'm going to say this. And this is another thing. I'll say that. Bad quote for Ryan Starf. Like, yeah. he came off real bad at the end of that. Like, you just told on yourself a little bit. And um, I'll say this. Yo, Jerry Krause had a lot to do with it, but the confidence and all the things that Jerry Krause would come out and say and say to the media, you do not say without the approval of the owner because that's not how it works. 100%. You understand what I'm saying? So if, 100%. You, if you can come out to the media and, and puff your chest and say the things he was saying with the confidence that he was saying it with, he has the backing of ownership, period, point blank. And you know what? Who else? You just talk about, uh, we were talking Michael Jordan isn't Jerry Jones. Jerry Reinsdorf is not Jerry Jones. He's a quiet owner. So if Jerry Krause wants to go out and do the speaking for him, fine. Jerry Reinsdorf is a quiet, rich man who owns two professional sports franchises. Right. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's like, we're good. We're fine. Whatever. Say whatever. Like, you know he bought the Bulls for $5 million? I thought it was a little more than that, but I know it was very, very, very. It was like maybe it was fifteen million dollars, but it was like, something it was, like it was something low key. But, yeah, yeah. Now they're worth two billion. Um, so that, yeah, I, I mean, thought I that thought was the end was crazy. I thought that like, Jordan's like, all right. I thought it was crazy. Jordan's like, I've never talked to Jerry about it because obviously now that you know he used to work for him, now they're peers. They're both NBA owners. Um, yeah, I thought that that was a very interesting quote. I love that they saved that quote. Because you never, again, Jerry's the owner of my favorite basketball team and he's the owner of my favorite baseball team and you never hear him say shit like that. Nine, he defers yes. all the time. Reinsdorf bought the Bulls for $9.2 million in 85. Hey, he bought them the year after Mike. Yeah, and they're worth $2.5 billion now. So, he saw Mike was like, yeah, I'll take that squad. He could probably sell the Bulls easy for $3 billion. Yeah. For sure. Teams are over, teams are over, the people are overpaying for NBA franchises like crazy. So He should sell that motherfucker today right now after the dock closed. <laughs> but yeah, why though? For what? But uh, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting way to close it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like Mike said, who knows if Pippen would have signed that one-year deal. But it would have been interesting, man. Uh, what a dock. What a series. I'm glad we recapped every episode. This was a lot of fun. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, that's it, man. I loved it. Long Back to regularly Jordan. scheduled programming. Back to regularly scheduled programming. Hopefully, we could get uh, some baseball or something back. Something. I've been, have you ever watched this Korean league? I've, I've watched a couple innings. I haven't watched the pitch, no. Uh, you got to <laughs> get it, man. It's some live sports. Some, there's some lines on it, too. Some action. I've been watching, I've been watching <laughs> UFC. But uh, that's it, man. Long live Mike. Long live the Bulls. Hopefully we can get back to those days. For Big Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. No catch up Sports Talk via Chicago. The Last Dance recaps the last dance of the last dance.